Good morning, church. It's so great to be here with you. And even though that we are not sitting in the same room, you're at home uh, watching on a screen, I feel connected to you because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I invite you to continue to seek the Holy Spirit as we talk about what God has in store for us this morning. Last week, we started our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, one of five teachings in Matthew that represent what Jesus is asking us to do as followers. These are his teachings as we apprentice ourselves to Christ and live the life that he calls us for. Now, our works, our actions are not what saves us. That's only through Jesus. But that does not make what Jesus asks us to do optional. And today we're going to talk about his radical announcement about God's blessings being upon us. And it is some heavy, world-changing stuff. When I was thinking about this particular scripture, I was reflecting on times that I have felt blessed in my life. And one of them was a time when my dad was particularly sick. I was serving in a con- congregation in Colleen, Texas. And one of the things that they did for people was prayer blankets. Now, I didn't ask for a prayer blanket for my dad. I didn't ask for people to... Uh, pray for him, to love on him, to do anything, but they could see that I was hurting, and they made a prayer blanket for him. And and what touched me so deeply is that as the pastor, I am the one who's used to serving other people. And here was a congregation serving me. I've, I've experienced this with you guys. I've experienced it even before we got here when you wrote letters to me and my family. And that's why it's so important that you all do the same for Pastor Jim as we are so excited for the the energy and life that he is going to bring to the church and leadership, send him letters. Give the information for that book so he will be blessed in coming to Rockbridge. I wanted to ask you guys both on the screen to, to type out, when have you experienced a radical blessing in your life? And Ashley or Josh, when have you guys experienced that radical blessing? Well, definitely when I had my children. Whenever Uh you have children, they come and they bring you dinner and lunches. And that was just a blessing for me. I was in ICU for seven days. Kimber was also in ICU for 10 days. I didn't get to hold her until she was seven days old. So I was, I was, it was not, you know, the typical, oh, here's your baby right away. No. And so having that extra comfort and not having to worry about that was a huge blessing for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that actually reminds me. I was I was in this room and prayed for um, uh, actually during Alpha whenever we had Alpha, and uh, we, me and my wife were, were in this group, and and it was the the night of prayer, right? It was the one topic of why do we pray, and uh, and um, we had just recently uh, about a year prior to that had had a, a miscarriage, and that night I prayed. I was, um, leaving there, I was like. I want a little girl. I looked over at my wife and said, I want a little girl. And the next day she threw up in the morning. <laughs> and Amen. nine months later, Ella came into the world. And we have all been blessed oh, by Ella blessed by in Ella. our lives. Yes. All of us. There's, a, there's an interesting phenomenon uh, on social media, especially Instagram, which is when people say that they are hashtag blessed. Have y'all noticed this? Hashtag blessed. Got a new pair of shoes. Hashtag blessed. Went on a super cool vacation. Hashtag blessed. Found a parking spot to the close of the store. Hashtag blessed. You know, and I, I think that there's something good in that in recognizing God's blessings and ordinary things. But I think too often this hashtag blessed is 
something that people say is a humble brag. Oh, I met a celebrity, hashtag blessed. Oh, I'm rich and famous, hashtag blessed. I got the right picture. The sun was just right in that golden hour, and I'm hashtag blessed. But what if I told you that God does deeply desire to bless you, but it actually has nothing to do with your situation, your circumstance, how much you have, how much you don't have? What if it's just because God is God and God is a God of blessings? You know, our very first uh, beatitude that we're going to share here in a moment is, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, many people uh, want to, you know, de-radicalize what Jesus is teaching here. And they want to say that poor in spirit means humble. And, and that's not what Jesus is saying at all. Here's Jesus at the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount, like his greatest teaching. And what he is doing is he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the losers. Blessed are the lost. Blessed are the broken. Blessed are those who don't get it right. Blessed are those who walk down the wrong path. Because God's blessing does not, is not based on what we do, but who God is. And there's nothing greater. There's nothing more wonderful than that. And what we're going to talk about today is that God is going to radically bless us, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And then our job is to take those blessings that we have received and be a blessing to other people. This is radical. This is life-changing. And Jesus is doing this intentionally as he begins his teaching about what it means to be a follower. This is his radical announcement that he's here to turn the world upside down. Some of your uh, statements, Tavon says, having family and friends is a blessing. Uh, and Tommy, Ella is such a blessing. And then Neil and Aaron sharing that uh, they had their son after numerous miscarriages and the death of your first baby, that after all that tragedy, God brought good into your life. So our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 1 through verse 12. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to say him, and he began to teach them, saying, it, it, it's, we really have to follow what Jesus does in Matthew to understand what the author is doing here. In Matthew, Jesus goes to Egypt. In Matthew, he leaves Egypt and is driven into the wilderness for 40 days and then goes up the mountain in teaching. This is used to reflect exactly what the Israelites went through. They went into Egypt. They left Egypt. They were in the desert. And then they received the teaching of God. The author of Matthew is drawing us in and saying these teachings are vital and they're important. And what Jesus is about to do with these teachings is not just give us another set of rules to follow. God is showing us how we are called to live. And it's not because if we follow a checklist, then we will be blessed. You know, that's what people thought before. If we do the right things, then God will love us. If we sacrifice the right things, if we act in the right way. But Jesus is saying, no, no, that's not how it works. That what we need to do is we need to know that God has blessed us. We give our life to Christ. It transforms us. And then we live in the right way. Watch what Jesus does here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Again, radical blessing on the last, the lost, the broken, the least. Again, Jesus isn't saying, oh, those who are humble, blessed are those people. You see, blessing is, is Jesus' way of saying God's favor is upon you. He's saying God's favor is upon the poor. God's favor is upon the lost. God's favor are those who don't have it together. God's favor on the people that we talk about in our families who are wondering, will they ever get their life figured out? 
And church, this is so beautiful to me because I have had times where I've taken the wrong path. And I know you have too. And those moments in our lowest valleys when we have no idea what to do next, God is on your side. And you will inherit the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Church, we have experienced mourning, I think, like no other experience in our lifetime. Now, we've had difficult times, but this pandemic that we're in is so unique that all of us are grieving. All of us are in mourning, especially there are those who have lost loved ones because of this virus. And Jesus is saying, blessed are you, and you will be comforted. There's those who've lost their livelihood because of this situation, and you are blessed. God is on your side, and you will be comforted. There are those who are lonely because they don't get together with people and they have no one else in their home. And and God is saying to you right now, I am on your side. When you are mourning, when you are hurting, God is on your side. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Once again, this could be something that we could de-radicalize because, you know, we want to spiritualize what Jesus is saying. We want to make it less because we want to make it just some spiritual condition. But that's not what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is simply not true in our world. And this is why it needs to radically change the powerful, the strong, the elite, the brilliant. Those are the ones who inherit everything in our world. And Jesus is saying, but when I turn things upside down and I institute the kingdom of of God, the meek, the ones who are broken, will inherit the world. This is radical, church. We are blessed, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And now you'll notice there's a change in tone. He goes from talking about how God's blessing are on those who don't deserve it. And God's love is with all of us because we are God's creation. That is our identity. You know, sometimes we want to talk about how we're sinners, and that's true. We make mistakes. But that is not our identity. As soon as we accept the love of Christ, our identity is that we are blessed and loved and chosen by God. And sinners no more. We're people who may occasionally stray. But what happens is when we have received the blessings of God and we accept those, then we're called to bless other people. Jesus goes on to say, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled This is another thing that's hard to realize in our world because if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we get that pit in the middle of our stomach when we see things that are wrong in this world. When we see injustice, when we see racism, when we see hate, when we see violence, our stomach literally hurts because we hunger and thirst for a world as God has created it. But what Jesus is saying is that as we bring the kingdom of God, collaboratively, mainly through God's effort, but Jesus wants to collaborate with us. And as we bring the kingdom of God, that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled because the world will be more and more right as we live out these blessings on other people. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Church, I think we struggle with this one more than anything else. Because we want righteous vindication. We want to see our enemies defeated and destroyed. We want to see those who have hurt us to be hurt in return. And again, Jesus is flipping this on its head. He's saying we need to show mercy to other people. 
my heart has been broken as I've just reflected on the situation of Ahmad Arbery. And here is a young man who didn't do anything wrong, but because some people in this neighborhood thought that there was a burglar, decided to take justice in their own hands. And for some reason in our country, we've gotten to the point where we think if someone commits a crime, which he didn't even do, that they deserve the ultimate punishment and that it's okay to take someone's life. This is wrong. Church, this is so wrong. There's so many things about this particular situation that is wrong. We don't want to the, to, for people to receive the ultimate punishment, to lose their life. In fact, we want people to receive mercy so that maybe they can come to know the love and grace of Jesus Christ. This is the reason I will never be for the death penalty. Because as soon as you take away someone's life, they lose that opportunity for mercy in this one. Church, we often want judgment for other people and mercy for ourselves. Give the same kind of mercy that you want to receive. Because blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. That is a promise by God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When I think about pure in heart, it's about people who seek after God's own heart. That's what it means to be pure in heart. And what Jesus has promised us, if we seek after God, we will find God. We'll find God in the daily moments. I think that's why it's okay to say hashtag blessed every once in a while, because we'll see God in the parking lot. We'll see God in the faces of other people. We see God when we are on a vacation. And we'll see God in the hurting and the broken because God is with them and God is on their side. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you falsely and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. Lord, this is a tough teaching. This reminds us that as Christians, as followers of God, when we do the right things, that doesn't mean that it's all going to be peachy and rosy. That means there's going to be challenging times ahead. Because what Jesus calls us to do is to challenge the status quo, to challenge when people don't have mercy, to challenge when people don't have forgiveness, to challenge when there's not righteousness in the world. And those around us who want the world to continue in the way that it is do not like that. And Jesus himself, when he established this, was killed on a cross because of his teachings. And we too will be persecuted when we live the life that Jesus has for us. This whole Sermon on the Mount that we're talking about over the next few weeks is Jesus flipping the world on its head. Jesus is radically announcing the new thing that he is doing in this world. Jesus is radically announcing it. That not just the people who have it figured out. This isn't some zero-sum game with as much as you pray to God, then that's the blessing you will receive. No, Jesus is saying, I pour out blessings radically. I am on your side even if you don't deserve it. And I am with you always. And then when we receive those radical blessings, we pour out blessings on other people. So Josh and Amy, or Ashley, I, have, I just wanted to ask you, when have you experienced God on your side when you didn't feel like you deserved it? So when I don't feel like I deserve it, that is my own negative thoughts coming into my head, just like the song you say. I don't feel like I deserve anything, but you say that I deserve it all. And like David and Phil just said on the, on the chat, you know, it's not because of who we are, it's because of who he is. And that's why life group is so important. When I have negative thoughts about myself or if I feel like I don't deserve to be loved, 
my life group picks me right back up and sets me straight and loves on me. And that is God working through every single one of them. And that's where I see it. Yeah, for me, I think, um, again, was experience in this room. Um, uh, I felt forgiveness. I felt God's presence in my heart and, and telling me um, that you're forgiven. Um, I remember a Sunday uh, before I became the worship leader for Rockbridge, uh, I, I was over here in crying through my chains are gone because God had broken so many chains, generational chains in my life in that um, I didn't, I didn't deserve that. I deserved punishment. I deserved prison. I deserved even death to an extent because of how I treated myself and others and um, almost died several times. And he showed me uh, tremendous amounts of mercy and forgiveness. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Josh. And we want to hear when you have experienced those blessings because we do. We are blessed in so many ways even when we don't deserve it. So how do we live this out, church? Well, first of all, we have to realize that we don't just do works to be good to get God's favor. God's favor is given to us gloriously and beautifully. But that doesn't mean that there is not an expectation of action. We are created for these good works and to live blessings for other people. It doesn't save us, but it is an expectation by God. Um, but that's not how the world works. The world is working, it believes, totally different. If we were to read, you know, the Beatitudes, if the, the general public might write them, they might sound like this. Blessed are those who have the most stuff, for they will shall find prestige and comfort in their things. Blessed are the proud and boastful, for they shall be called true patriots. Blessed are those who hold a grudge, for vengeance shall be theirs one day. Blessed are the well-armed, for they shall be feared and protected from harm. Blessed are the rich, for they shall be envied and have their way in all things. Blessed are those who exploit the poor and the weak, for unto them all things shall be cheap and made available on demand. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for security above all else, for they shall find peace just over the horizon. <clears throat> Blessed are those who keep out the foreigner, for there shall be a land of discomfort, challenge, free of discomfort, challenge, or diversity. Blessed are those who ignore desperate cries of their neighbors, for theirs is the assurance of knowing God helps those who help themselves, not complainers. That might hit a little too close to home. Because I, I, I know about myself, sometimes we feel this way. We think that this is the way the world is, and it is to a certain extent. But what Jesus is doing is radically flipping on its head and calling us to act in the same way. And here's what's amazing the kingdom of God, that's God's. That is what Jesus is doing in this world. But for whatever reason, God wants to be collaborative. God wants us to be a part of it. Acts 1.8 tells us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And never forget that that word witness is the same word martyr. We are to witness about Christ even to the point of our own death. We are God's handiwork. We are created to do these good things because God has blessed us. God has poured blessing in your life. If you are meek, if you are hurting, if you are lost, God is with you and on your side. 
Sorry. Hold on just a second. Had a microphone issue. God is on your side, and God is with you no matter what. But then when we receive those blessings, that's when it becomes collaborative. Because that's when we are reminded that blessed are the pure in heart, because you will see God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because you will be filled. Blessed are those who show mercy, because they will be shown mercy. N.T. Wright calls this wonderful news. And it is. It's not just the good news. It is the most wonderful and the greatest news that we could ever see. We are giving blessings, then we get the opportunity to bless others. So when have you got to turn a blessing from God that God has given you into a blessing to other people? Well, one of my greatest joys in my life is music. And God has given me such a love for music. And I've always played the violin every church I've been to. I actually worked touring churches to pay to help pay for college and they've only always wanted me to play violin and then when I came here Rockbridge saw other things uh Josh saw other things and (laughs) I got to expand on my musical gifts and be able to bring so much more and be able to bless others but also God just blessing me to to be able to give back to him what he's given to me Yeah, I was actually thinking the exact same thing. Musically, um, I experienced all three of these when I was searching for God back when I was about 19 years old. Um, So I was still a sinner amongst some very sinful natured. Um, God showed up and and he did something absolutely radical. And uh, I prayed to learn how to play the guitar. And two weeks later, somebody shows up at my house and begins to teach me how to play the guitar. And since then, um, I, I was doing it for very selfish reasons. And um, a few years after that, and I had quite a bit of practice, started playing for the youth group in 2011. Um, and then have not stopped being a worship leader since. That is so amazing. I love both of those stories that God has blessed you with talent and some talent for Josh, too. <laughs> now, you are both talent. so talented. Uh, and God has blessed you with that talent, but then your first desire is to share that with other people, not just to keep that to yourself or make it about yourself, but to share that gloriously with other people, and that's exactly what we want to do. We are blessed because who God is, and our first desire should be to bless other people collaboratively, collaboratively through the kingdom of God because we want to bless others, not because they deserve it, but because of who God is and what God has done in each of our lives. The kingdom of God, what God, what Jesus instituted via the Sermon on the Mount, we have already started to realize that. Now, unfortunately, we won't have the beautiful kingdom where there is no more pain or suffering or tears, although it is completely achievable in this world. It absolutely is. If everyone turned their heart to God and was pure in heart and saw God and then lived it out, we could experience heaven on earth. I truly believe that. But I know because of our human frailty, we probably won't. And so until Jesus returns, we strive to make this world like heaven, just as we say every single day in our Lord's Prayer. Now, if you want to receive a blessing, I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And then if you would like for me to come to your house this week, what I'd love to do is everyone that sends me a message, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to pray a blessing over you and your family so that you can receive God's blessing. But then you will bless others in return. In Numbers chapter 6, 
There's this blessing given over the Nazarites that I love, that I used to always pray as a youth director. Oh, and it was prayed over me when I was a youth as well. And this is what it says. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I want to challenge you to know that your blessings come from God. Not because you deserve it, but because who God is. God is with you. God is on your side. But there's a weight to that. That's what saves us, us saying yes to that. But there's a weight, there's a heaviness, an expectation that God has for you to be a blessing to other people. So hashtag be blessed this week. I want you to go and I want you to share hashtag blessed all of your social media and share have you been blessed and be a blessing to other people. And let's start a new movement. And then let's talk about it next week as we continue the Sermon on the Mount. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.